Welcome to the Restless Hearts Podcast, a podcast dedicated to spiritual reflections and conversations about our journey together as human beings. I'm Father Ray DeLugos, an Augustinian friar serving at Merrimack College as the Vice President for Mission and Ministry. This episode of the Restless Hearts Podcast includes the proclamation of the gospel and my homily for the 22nd Sunday in Ordinary Time on August 28th, 2022. You can view the full liturgy of the word for this Sunday under daily readings at usccb.org. My sisters and brothers, the Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. On a Sabbath, Jesus went to dine at the home of one of the leading Pharisees. And the people there were observing him carefully. He told a parable to those who had been invited, noticing how they were choosing the places of honor at the table. When you are invited by someone to a wedding banquet, do not recline a table in the place of honor. A more distinguished guest than you may have been invited by him. And the host who invited both of you may approach you and say, give your place to this man. And then you would proceed with embarrassment to take the lowest place. Rather, when you are invited, go and take the lowest place. So that when the host comes to you, he may say, my friend, move up to a higher position. Then you will enjoy the esteem of your companions at the table. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. Then he said to the host who invited him, when you hold a lunch or a dinner, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or your wealthy neighbors in case they may invite you back and you have repayment. Rather, when you hold the banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind. Blessed indeed will you be because of their inability to repay you for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. The gospel of the Lord is you, Lord Jesus Christ. The wisdom of Sirach invites us to conduct our affairs with humility. He promises that if we do that, we will be loved more than a giver of gifts. Humble yourself the more, the greater you are. That's all well and good, as long as we understand how humility really works. As I have come to understand it, humility means relinquishing the seat of judgment over ourselves and others. And instead, allowing ourselves to be judged by others. Instead of defining our own value and worth and importance and asserting it, be who we are and let others decide what value we have. The thing is, when we judge ourselves, we make either one or two mistakes. Sometimes we make them both at the same time. 
We look at ourselves and we think we're not enough. We don't measure up. We fall short all the time. And we demean ourselves and maybe think that's humility. It isn't. And maybe at the same time, we overinflate our value. And we resent that people are not appreciating us as we think we should be appreciated. We think we're more than we are. We think we're better than we are. We think we deserve more than we get. And the thing is, when we do either one of those, we're just wrong. Allowing ourselves to be judged more accurately requires a better judge than we might be of ourselves. And that is what humility is about. Allowing the truth about ourselves to be known and seen, valued and welcomed by us and by others. Today is the Feast of St. Augustine. He gets bumped because it's Sunday, but it's still the Feast of St. Augustine. And one of the most famous letters that Augustine wrote was to a young student who was asking for advice on how to be successful in the world. And Augustine pulled no punches and got right to it and said to him, if you want to live a life that is worthy, there are three things you must do. The first is humility. The second is humility. And the third is humility. He compares his humility to the humility of Christ and then goes on to tell the student, unless humility precede, accompany, and follow every action you undertake, that action isn't worth anything. Humility must precede our actions. And I think one of the ways that happens is that not only do we take ourselves out of the seat of judgment, we relinquish the driving, the driving seat of our lives. Instead of us deciding what we should do, instead of us fostering our own ambitions, setting up our own standards and goals for success, identifying the ways in which we want to be accomplished, humility might step aside and instead of saying, this is what I want to do, this is what I want to be. Humility might just stop and ask the question, what am I called to? What am I being asked to do? What am I being invited to do? What am I needed for? Which is a very different question than what do I want to be and do? And the thing is, when we do that, we might think we need to sit in that lowest seat as Jesus was talking about. But then we just might, when we are called, rather than us deciding where we should sit, what we should do, it just might be the case that being called means you are called higher. No, you sold yourself short. Or no, what you want to do is very good, that's wonderful, but it's not what you're called to. Come. I have something greater, more important, that you have even more challenging that perhaps you haven't even thought of. 
And so humility not only means start in the lowest place, it also means when you are invited higher, you take the invitation and rise to the occasion. And humility is never afraid of failure. Humility welcomes failure, expects it, and understands that by ourselves we can't do it. And humility accompanies every good action, and most of that has to do with how we are seeing and judging and believing and knowing all those others who are on this journey with us. And again, we often make two mistakes. They're better than they, I'm better than them. And both of those statements are, are false. How do we see in all humility everyone who is with us? no matter how annoying they may be, is a gift to teach us something, to assist us in some way, shape, or form, to share the burden, to call forth from each one the gifts that they have been given. And humility needs to be present at the completion of every task for it to be worthwhile. And again, that's not necessarily judging whether we were successful or failed or a failure whether we should be proud and pat ourselves on the back. Rather, humility will look at what we did, who we became, and ask questions like, what did I learn from this? Who taught me? How was I humbled by this test? What limitations did I become aware of? Where did I need and ask for help? And the humility at the completion of every task that is worthwhile is filled with gratitude. Not because we've done something great, but because we were graced by God's presence every step of the way and led and joined and finished. Not by our own powers and abilities, not by our own brilliance and ideas, but by the grace of God that when humility is present, can inspire us to the, the actions we need to perform, accompany us along the way, and bring them to completion and perfection in God's love.